This is the Combed Education Podcast. Now let's talk hair. My name is Aras. I am your host. If you're brand new here, welcome. I'm so happy you found me. And if you're tried and true, Comey, and you listen every week, welcome back. I so appreciate you. Um, You know, one of my missions is to help inspire and empower this industry through my own learnings. I have been in this industry for over 21 years, made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot of valuable lessons, and it's my goal to share some of what I've learned with you. Now, in no way, shape, or form am I ever here to tell you what to do, what not to do, how to do things, what you should and shouldn't do. That is not my place. My place is to offer perspective, is to offer guidance, is to give my opinion with my experiences, and take what works leave what doesn't it is not that serious um like i said i'm not here to tell you what to do Uh, my goal with this podcast and the blog and with combed education is just to share with you what i have learned what i have read what i've experienced firsthand to help you and save you years of learning lessons the hard way it took me a long time to learn these lessons so i want to share them with you uh today we're going to talk about the different types of hair damage and the different causes of hair damage so This episode is really inspired by the many, 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 many posts I see on a regular basis. If you guys know me, I stay creeping in all the Facebook groups. I like to see what's going on in the industry and what you guys are dealing with, your wins, your struggles, and all that. So on a regular basis, there's posts about protein versus moisture and damage and how to fix it. And so I want to offer some perspective. I want to offer some clarity here so that you can best prescribe your clients with what they actually need so that you know what's wrong with the hair so that you can then tell them what they need. So before I get into the nitty gritty of it, let's quickly touch on what the hair is made up of. Okay, I have a whole lesson on this in the Fundamentals course shop. If you're into good color theory education and you like hands-on activities, then the fundamentals might just be something that you uh, very well may love and your future self may thank you for. If you're willing to invest in yourself, you can go to combededucation.com slash fundamentals. You'll learn all about what the course shop is. So I do have a whole lesson on that, but we're going to just kind of graze over it today. So the hair's composition, 70 to 80% protein, 10 to 15% moisture, 4 to 8% lipids, only 1% of the hair fiber is melanin slash pigment, only 1%, um, and then half a percent of minerals, and then there's carbs and all that stuff too. So the majority of the hair is made up of proteins. What is it that makes up proteins? If you guys paid attention in beauty school, good for you. I did not have to relearn all of this shit. So what makes up proteins? Amino acids. There are 21 amino acids in the body, 18 of which are found in the hair, with cysteine being the highest. And cysteine contains sulfur and it's part of the disulfide bond, okay? So cysteine is released when a disulfide bond is broken and usually developer is what causes that to happen. So knowing that protein is the dominating force in the composition of hair, nine times out of 10, if hair is color treated, it will definitely need some type of protein and moisture treatment. If the hair is colored, it needs protein and moisture, just flat out. Now, moisture gives the hair its elasticity. So adding moisture in your regimen for color treated hair is going to be very beneficial. I want you to remember one thing though, that a single hair strand is fibrous. Think of it like a rope. The cortical fibers 
are right behind the cuticle layers and they're made up of a matrix of all these different fibers that contain the amino acids chains, the polypeptide chain, the protein, the moisture, the lipids, the pigments, the minerals, the carbs, and all of that. So it's like a, a rope, okay? This is important. So it's good to know also um, that the lipid barrier or ATMEA is what holds all of this together. It holds the cuticle layers together as well. So as we color and bleach the hair, as we put alkalinity on it and we acidify it, as the hair softens and expands and then constricts, this fiber gets degraded. We start destroying that lipid barrier and now we have damage, right? Think of that lipid barrier as the glue that's keeping that fiber together. Um, so products that contain ceramides are great for keeping the hair together. Um, there's some amino acids in certain products that will help with uh, the lipid barrier to help keep those cortical fibers and cuticle cells intact uh, because every time we color hair it is getting degraded. Now I want to share, I want to get into the main types of damage that we deal with behind the chair and how to counteract it and help it, okay? So the number one damage, this is the first type of damage any hair gets, is damage to the cuticle layers. So the cuticle layers are the hair's best defense. Think of it like the outer shell that holds that fibrous matrix of the cortex. So um, like a top coat on your nails, like the cuticle layer is what kind of keeps that cortex safe. Healthy cuticle layers give the hair its shine, make it like look very shiny and lustrous. Cuticles that are intact and smooth are very reflective. Um, cuticle layers that are damaged or even missing will make the hair appear dull. And damaged cuticles will give the hair more porosity. The hair will tangle more easily and it'll be a little bit more difficult to get even color. So what causes damage to the cuticle layers? Well, excessive alkalinity, uh, styling tools that are too hot, and even environmental stress, sometimes using the wrong brush, could snap your cuticle layers too. So how do you identify the cuticle damage? Well, the typically the hair is gonna be more tangled. It's not gonna look as shiny. It's not gonna look as silky. It's gonna be a little more dull. And if you run your finger down a single strand of hair, that's gonna be a good indicator because if the hair feels smooth, one strand between your thumb and your index finger, from roots all the way down. If the hair feels smooth, you are likely dealing with a healthy cuticle. If you feel any roughness, any patches, um, or any bumpiness, then the cuticle is damaged and you have a porosity issue. Most of the time with curly hair, even if it has not been color treated, when you run your fingers from the scalp to the ends, you're gonna feel those bumps because curly hair tends to be very, very porous, okay? So curly hair, definitely moisture for sure, okay? So how do you treat cuticle damage? Well, any products with ceramides are gonna help, um, help those cuticle layers not be so frayed. Typically, a haircut is a great option um, for the split ends, but if it's just the cuticle layers, um, oils and serums will help make the hair appear healthier. Don't use high alkalinity products on the hair. If the cuticles are really, really damaged, it's only gonna make it worse. Opt for a demi or a semi-color. Um, and then good conditioning treatments that have protein and moisture will be great for the cuticle layers. Damage number two, loss of moisture. So what you need to know is that naturally hair has moisture to it even when it's bone dry, okay? When the hair is wet with water, it will make the hair heavier, but water doesn't necessarily help with moisture. So what is it that causes lack of moisture? It's like 
a step, a step ladder. So if the cuticle layers are not mended and repaired, and if you continue to use excessive alkalinity, softening and swelling, and then expanding, and then softening and swelling, and then expanding, if you continue to do that, the hair becomes frayed, and the cortical fibers become exposed, increasing the loss of moisture. So once there's cuticle layers missing, or they don't completely stay sealed or like laid down, now the cortex is exposed and the cortical fibers are exposed and now we're gonna start losing moisture. So how do you identify if hair needs moisture? Well, the hair is gonna feel dry and rough. It's gonna also be more limp. The cuticle is going to feel damaged and the hair will almost appear like it has flyaways. So think of your curly girls or your curly clients that even if they don't color their hair, if you just look at their hair, don't you see some flyaways? Don't you see that it looks like it's missing moisture, it need, it's thirsty, it needs a little, a little moisture, okay? So how do you treat uh, loss of moisture? Obviously, specific products that are created to add moisture, so moisture shampoo, moisture conditioner, moisture mask, moisture whatever. Um, decrease the frequency of coloring, and again, stay away from high alkalinity all the time. This is why I always say, use permanent on the root, but use acidic demi on the ends. Every time, if you're just refreshing, you don't need to use alkalinity on those ends. So decrease the frequency of your use of alkalinity. And then obviously the deep moisturizing masks will help as well. So next is loss of protein. So proteins, remember, they contain amino acids, lipids, and other elements. This is what gives hair its shine, strength, and structure, okay? Once the cuticle damage and the moisture damage stay unaddressed and not treated, protein loss is next. So if you don't mend the cuticle layers, they're gonna fray and expose the cortical fibers. If you don't mend the cortical fibers and mend the cuticle layers, now you're gonna start decreasing or degrading um, the hair structure and that protein. So how do you identify hair that needs protein? Well, first and foremost, if it's been colored with permanent color or bleached, it could use protein. I'm just telling you from now, it's, it's gonna be fine. I have a little fun fact on protein in a second. But how do you identify the loss of protein? Hair feels dry, hair looks dull, it feels damaged, and it's begun to lose its structural foundation. So your toners don't last as long, the porosity is really high, the hair just feels weak, okay? Um, like I said, most hair that's been colored, guaranteed has lost protein, so anytime, and I know I'm being a dead horse here, but anytime that you use alkalinity on the hair, the disulfide bonds will break and the developer can then corrode the hair both externally in the cuticle layers and internally in the cortical fibers. So how do you treat the loss of protein? Well, use treatments and products that contain protein. It is a common myth that too much protein can cause breakage of the hair. This may have been true ages ago when companies used animal protein for hair products. So here's a side note, fun fact. Protein can come from animals, which is like the husk, the tusks, or the hooks, <laughs> tusks, hooves, fur, bones, any part of the animal that isn't used for consumption and or clothing will be used for animal protein, okay? Then there's vegetable protein. Think barks, branches, roots, leaves, whatever, etc. And then there's hair, self-explanatory. So it's the breakdown of how they extract and break down these ingredients 
uh, to extract the protein is what causes concern, okay? Sodium hydroxide is used to break down these ingredients for the animal uh, protein, for the vegetable protein, and the hair. So imagine how much more sodium hydroxide is needed to, to break down animal protein versus vegetable versus hair. A lot more for animal protein, right? So back in the days, most manufacturers were using animal protein because of how cost-effective it was until they realized that it was breaking the hair. So it's not the animal protein that was breaking the hair, it's the sodium hydroxide that was used to break down the animal protein that's causing the breakage. So now most companies are using vegetable-based protein and you cannot over-proteinize the hair with vegetable protein, so don't stress. If the hair is colored, add protein. Trust me, add moisture. Trust me, you're not going to be sorry. Lastly, loss of elasticity. So losing the elasticity in the hair results from losing so much cuticle. Remember guys, it's a step, step ladder. You're losing cuticle layers, you're exposing the cortical fibers, you're um, degrading the protein and the structure of the hair, and now the hair has nothing. Um, you're fucked, basically. Um, if the hair has lost elasticity and it's mush, so here's how you're gonna know. The hair is so dry, so weak, it does not stretch, or if it stretches, it doesn't revert back. It's like the, the super spaghetti noodles, the gummy. When you bleach somebody's hair and you overlap and, and uh, on some areas, and then after you've washed them and you brush their hair and there's like the white hairs in the brush, that's like loss of elasticity, loss of hair structure, okay? This is where we start getting split ends, we get breakage, hair loses all tenacity and it will not stretch, it will not revert, it's just trash. Um, the best way to treat this is a stainless steel treatment. Cut that shit off and start over. <laughs> um, at this point, there are treatments that you could do, honestly, though there are products that you could use to make the hair more bearable, but best case scenario, cut it off. It's gonna be gummy, it's gonna like flake off when you're blow drying, little pieces of blonde flyaways are gonna be flying around, breakage. Like, you don't, you don't want that. So obviously the goal is to eliminate, or not eliminate, I should say, the goal is to reduce the risk of this loss of elasticity or the loss of protein by taking precautionary measures when you're coloring hair. Don't use too high of an alkalinity if you don't need it. Don't use a permanent alkaline color if you don't need it. Don't put bleach under the dryer, you don't need to. Uh, make sure you're putting a protein treatment or a moisture treatment or you're sending your clients home with good aftercare products. Remember, it's not about selling retail to be a salesperson. You're ensuring your work. You're ensuring they don't fuck up what you just did. So. The goal is to not get to that point. You can use the bond builders, you can use K18. There's so many products on the market that help. But at the end of the day, you still have to be responsible when you're coloring hair. You have to be responsible. Lightener with 40 volume under the heat, not, not responsible, okay? And if you do it, cool. Again, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving you my opinion. It's just my opinion. Um, but we have to be responsible and make sure that we're not putting the hair through uh, hell. Because if it does get highly severely damaged, our clients are going to blame us. So do what you got to do to make sure that that doesn't happen. I hope that this was helpful for you. There's a ton of products out there, like I said, guys. Um, so do your research. Find what works for you. I just wanted to share about the four main types of damage, what causes it, how one can lead to the next. So let's try to do preventative. 
right? Preventative measures to not get to the point where the hair is fried. It happens to the best of us. So if you're sitting there like, oh, fuck, well, I've done that to a client. So have I. So have I. We've all done it. It's just we got we to gotta do better. That's it. We got to do better. So until next time, guys, I hope you found this helpful. Oh, wait. Um, if you did find this helpful, please spread the word with your industry friends. Share on your story. Share on Instagram. Tag me. Um, you know, I make all this. I, I share all this information to help. And so if you can help me get the word out, that would be awesome. And if not, that's cool. You can keep me all to yourself, too. Um, until next time, guys, happy hair coloring.